Welcome to another episode of Hat Collecting, the show where we talk about the many different metaphorical hats that people wear in their lives, because no one does just one thing and everyone has a story. I am your host, Lacey Artemis, a creative Jill of all trades, and today I am joined by Emily Urquhart, who is a hairstylist and colorist, a recreational writer and avid reader, and uh, she also enjoys yoga. Emily works for a salon in downtown Toronto, and Emily's pronouns are she and her. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you for having me. Very excited. You're the first <laughs> new person I've talked to in a while uh, during lockdown. <laughs> yeah, same here. Um, as I was telling Emily before we got recording, I, I've just kind of gotten settled into a new space here. And so I'm doing the first couple of uh, new episodes here. And um, but yeah, so where we start on this show is I like to ask my guests, where did they grow up? I grew up in Toronto um, five years ago when I moved more into Etobicoke. Yeah, as as I've uh, already sort of apologized to my viewers, I'm trying not to make this show so Toronto-centric, but uh, for now, most of the people I know are here, so that's where a lot of people are, are from. But um, yeah, so I'm going to take a moment now to do a quick land acknowledgement, which I do on every episode. Uh, Toronto, or Tecoronto, is located on the traditional unceded territory of the Mississaugas of the New Credit First Nations, the Huron-Wendat, the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, and the Anishinaabe. This is a dish-with-one-spoon treaty territory, and we are uninvited visitors on this land. If you want to learn more about that, you can go to native-land.ca, and even though it's a .ca website, it actually covers the whole world, not just Canada. So uh, feel free to go check that out if you'd like to learn more about the area that you live in and the uh, native peoples of that region. Uh, and with that said... Um, so the next question here, as uh, we sort of part of the intro still, um, can you tell us uh, a little bit more about the things that you do and how you got into them? So uh, the main thing I do professionally is hair. Um, and I got into that with uh, always wanting or gravitating to creative things. Um, but it did take me a while to find that creative thing that I could, you know, go into work and actually um, have a full days of work uh, and get paid for it. <laughs> um, so yeah, hair, I went to um, the Fiorio Academy actually just to get a cut. And then it kind of all clicked that um, hair's a job that maybe I would like. Um, and so that's how I got into it there. Um, and that's pretty much the, I think, the major hat I wear. Other than that reading, I mean, just my mom always read and that's something we always enjoyed doing together. And I still always feel like you can easily escape the book. And you said that you're also a, a recreational writer. What kind of things do you write? So I've, writing was always something that kind of naturally I love, whether or not I was good at it, but I always felt you know happy when I was writing. And then uh, with hair, that was so great. I kind of, that was what took my, the need to be creative, hair kind of over that. Um, but then during lockdown, obviously I couldn't do hair. So I kind of went back to writing um, and started writing a book during lockdown, you know, first try. So the others, but um, that's kind of been what's keeping me busy. So currently recreational, maybe one day professional writer. <laughs> and so is, is it uh, fiction, nonfiction? Fiction. Yeah, that's the not real one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, right. I, I know about fiction. <laughs> yeah, so you said that uh, kind of the main hat that you wear being uh, hairstyling, um, or I guess coloring, do you do both or more more the color? Um, we would have learned both. Um, or I, yeah, I can do both, but definitely my specialty is color. Um, and that's the thing I'm always taking classes on, and, you know, it, or I'm excited about. Um whether styling, like, I don't know, I get pretty bored during the, doing the curls and the cuts. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure stylists so, would say the same about coloring. Probably. <laughs> it's always green, <laughs> greener. The other pasture is always greener. What would you say is maybe one of the biggest misconceptions about doing hair coloring? I would say that we, um, the biggest misconception would be that we actually put on your head the color that you like point in the book. That is a color that's on a white swatch like your hair is going to do completely different things so it's not about just going and getting that tube and then putting it on your head we actually have to mix something that's going to um make your hair turn into color i guess so not yeah. as easy as one tube sometimes it is but often not the, the interesting thing that, that I, I'm thinking of as you say that is like when I've been there to get my hair dyed, I noticed that the the mixture that you make, it's kind of like this almost like 
it almost looks like Elmer's glue, like the whitish glue. Like it doesn't, it's, and, and so it's like, <laughs> yeah, it goes it from, it's not like brown that I'm putting in your head. Yeah. And then you put that in and then that's what creates the color. So it's, it's just, and so does it always end up being that kind of clear liquid? Yeah. Like certain colors, let's say a coffer um, mixes more purpley actually in the bowl, but generally it's um, always going to be a tone of that kind of beigey white color in the bowl. Um, unless you're doing like a fashion color, that's like a pink or a blue that will just look exactly like it's supposed to look like in the bowl. Yeah. Interesting. I just yeah, so something. it's more about like all the colors are numbered, and then you're kind of using those numbers to mix the mix the reds and the greens together, um, and then you know from experience, I guess, hoping it turns out. <laughs> well, as as our as my more astute uh, listeners and viewers will have figured out, uh, this is not my natural hair color, <laughs> but uh, I think it looks very good on me, so <laughs> I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> not my yeah. natural hair color either but also sticking with it <laughs> yeah hey you got you got to do what works for you <laughs> actually i kind of want to like ask you a little bit more about that what are some other things that maybe people don't know about hair like styling and coloring that that you think that should be more well known or more widely known <laughs> i would say that yeah you we can't do magic like your hair can only do so much like it some people's hair can get really light even though they're naturally dark and can't you still are, are born with it <laughs> uh and it's mm. so unique to each different person which is kind of the nice thing about it no color is going to look the same on anybody um so you can always kind of have it individual i think sometimes people are confused when they want the picture but it's like they have hair like mine and are showing me uh, a curly hair picture well the color is not the same because your hair is completely different so i think that sometimes it's tough. They, even though you tell them that, their expectations still exist. They're still hoping that magically, like, they're just going to grow new hair. So, are you saying that, like, that color actually does apply to hair differently depending on if it's straight or curly? Yes, but also just um, like curly hair. Sometimes, I mean, depends on the person, but um, it can take it differently. Just like straight hair would take it differently, maybe around the baby hairs or so. Um, but more importantly, curls. Like, I was putting in highlights. Your curls gonna pick up them the highlights completely different than my straight hair would my hair here these highlights that i have that look so kind of like hardly noticeable on my hair with your curls like if you had if i had curls in my hair you would see each individual little tendril just because the curls add that depth um and dimension so mm. yeah it never is going to look the same with your different hair and, and i would apply the highlights much differently on curly hair than i would on straight hair that is interesting <laughs> to me anyways <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I remember I, I bought this book, um, I feel like a few years ago now, it was called The Science of Black Hair, because I, I heard about it. And I was like, you know what, I'm the kind of nerd that like, I, I'm very, I, I care very much about my hair. And even though I obviously don't have the same hair, like I'm white, so I don't have the same hair as, as black people, like the same texture and everything. Um, but I I bought that book and I was like, I'm going to read this. And then I ended up lending it to a friend of mine who was a black person and I forgot to get it back. So I didn't get to read it, but maybe I'll get another copy because like, oh. I, <laughs> I just, I mean, there's, there's got to be stuff in there that it's still going to be useful to know, I feel like. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And I think yeah, just doing, I mean, your curly hair would be as the same um, level, but you might find that you still can like some of those more moisturizing products. Um, I should be reading this book. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because, like, not not only you, but like I. Every time I think in the last few years that I've gone to a like to get my hair cut, I almost always get like either compliments or just comments about like, oh wow, listen, your hair is like really good because like I switched my hair care routine and I take very very good care of it now. Like I didn't used to, and using special like products mm -hmm. and. Like, yeah, people, even just like kind of people that I know, uh, you know, that aren't in that that profession, like just friends or people online, they sometimes like ask me, and I'm like, well, I could tell you how I do it, but it's a lot of work. So you really got to want to do it. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's good results. So <laughs> I know that is also, I guess, um, something people forget that to have nice hair, you have to take care of it. <laughs> yeah. you know it's not you're not gonna get wash and go you can get close to it but um you need to you know usually do a little something else 
even just with like products in it, not even about styling, but you gotta take care of it, keep it healthy. Well, one one little kind of factoid that I feel like I want to share for anyone who's like checking this out because they want to learn a little bit more about hair. One thing I did learn that kind of like shocked me is that like I know it's becoming more common for like shampoos and conditioners that you buy from like, you know, the, the store uh, to like be kind of, you know, sulfate free or like paraben free, stuff like that. But I did learn that it was kind of like shampoo and conditioner were kind of developed as this like tag team of like the shampoo uses these harsh chemicals so it actually kind of like damages your hair and then you have to use the conditioner to kind of like repair it but then it's just like cycle every time you wash you have to condition because it's otherwise your hair is just gonna get ruined so to get completely away from that stuff and use like the stuff that i use is is like hasn't got any of that stuff in it and it does like my hair feels totally different now than it did when i was still using like store-bought shampoo and conditioner um yeah definitely like shoppers drug mart no matter what even if it says sulfate free like it's still not gotten great ingredients in it just for the shelf life and everything um yeah. and yeah to your point the shampoo i think people often don't realize that shampoo is actually for yourself but like, it's not for mm. your hair so it should be addressing what's wrong with your scalp if your scalp's dry or has psoriasis or has dandruff like that's what you should be addressing and yeah you don't need to shampoo your hair every time often even with my hair i'll have a shower and just put conditioner to have it smell nicer um, and the more your hair kind of gets used to that, the less greasy it feels. And yeah, you're not stripping it, drying it out every time it's a shampoo. Shampoo is definitely yeah. a little overused. And it gets, and it is a vicious cycle because you start getting greasy because you shampooed too much. And then. <laughs> yeah, like I, I made that switch, I think two or three years ago where I, I read about like, you know, you should, you shouldn't wash your hair. Like, you shouldn't like use shampoo more than once a week. And that initially that sounded ridiculous to me, but then I started doing it and it's like, it actually works. Like I only put shampoo in my hair about once every like five to seven days. And it's, it's great. <laughs> it's very healthy. I, I will say though, for, for all these straight haired people out there, <laughs> you, uh, we can get away. with like not that long. Like definitely curly hair soaks it up. <laughs> so if you have straight hair and you're like, why can I not go a week? It's just, it just can't. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah. I, I'm sure there's somebody who's, probably gotten over the hump and done it but yeah definitely me after three days like it's uh my hair is just too fine it just greases greases down <laughs> yeah my uh my my partner has uh naturally very straight hair so uh i'm, I'm kind of used to her complaining about that <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah so i guess we'll, we'll kind of continue on with the the official question set here i just i wanted to kind of dive a bit more into hair stuff and i'm glad that i did so yeah. so when you were a child if you remember do you remember what you wanted to be or to do when you grew up the main one that my mom and i always laugh at because i definitely did the opposite of this um was a PetSmart employee, I had written in a yearbook, or like even just a vet, like anything to do with animals, which is definitely not who I am anymore. <laughs> hmm. No, that's that's cool. I I just uh, a few days ago made a compilation from the, the sort of answers on the show so far of that. And uh, the trend seems to be that a lot of people do want to be like paleontologists or um like architects or like veterinarians like these things come up frequently and i find that really interesting so yeah it's cool <laughs> yeah i think like not a lot of options are shown to kids like i didn't even know i mean that's one of the reasons i didn't even think about hair either like you just don't really uh understand all the professions there are out there you just pick from the top five <laughs> Well, you should check out episode 16 with Marnie Luck because she's a naturopath. Okay. But when she was a kid, she wanted to be a hairstylist. <laughs> oh, really? That's so funny. Yeah. So, yeah. And when she said that, I was like, oh, hey, I know a stylist. Maybe she'll come on the show. And you did. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's cool. Um, so, yeah, the next question here. Um, I, I don't know your exact age. I'm not going to, you don't have to tell me, but uh, this, this question here, it revolves around this cultural idea that we're supposed to have our lives figured out or mostly figured out by the time we're 30. But a lot of people in my kind of, uh, a lot of the, my fellow uh, 30s uh, range people, uh, that's not the case. So what I started asking is, um, what age were you, uh, if you've kind of reached the point where you feel like you're on the right path for yourself, what age were you when you first kind of got into that path? I guess I was 22 when I had I started hair school. Um, 
did feel like definitely on the right path once I started hair. I felt like, okay, no, this is definitely something I like that like I can make a go of whether or not I change, but you know, I found something I felt comfortable in. Um, but as of feeling that like everything's coming together, probably only in the last like I mean year, year before 2020. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I felt pretty comfortable in my career, comfortable in my personal life, comfortable with myself too. Um, so yeah, definitely looking forward to the future on that note. <laughs> That's really good. Um, and so the sort of follow-up oh, question. I guess I said a year ago, I should say how old I am. You don't have to. <laughs> well, no, but so I meant, I, I probably figured out all that stuff when I was 27, which would be a year ago. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's varying. And I, again, I'm also trying not to just keep interviewing people in the kind of like mid to mid twenties to mid thirties. It's just kind of working out that way right now, but um, I am still working on getting some more like elders and I'm still working on getting some like teenagers on the show. Cause I want to have that sort of full range of experiences. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the sort of follow-up question to that is what would you say maybe was one of the biggest obstacles to you? Uh, like you found your, your path pretty early, but were there any, anything that you felt, um, that kind of got in your way of getting there sooner possibly? Um, I think just finding something that I liked and oh yes although it seems like I kind of found that pretty quick I didn't go to university so I tried a bunch of different jobs and then it felt like yes I finally felt found hair um, and yeah it was just finding something you liked it was just like I wanted to get a job I just like didn't know what I liked um, and I think the only thing that can prepare you for that is um, trying things out and you like some things you don't like something else and you slowly kind of can uh, find where you want to land. Yeah, that, that's honestly a big part of why this show exists and why I started it, because like, as you said, there's, we're kind of only um, presented with certain options as kids, like we're definitely encouraged towards certain things. And ever since I was a kid, I couldn't remember saying like, oh, you can't make a living as an artist. So it's, it's just like, oh, you can, you can be a hot, like an artist is a hobby, but you can't do it as a job. And I, that really frustrates me because like, I think we all have an artistic bone in our bodies, some more than others, but I, I really wish that that was promoted and cultivated mm -hmm. more and, and more of an actual viable thing for people to do. Um, but yeah. Um, so the next question here, uh, another kind of cultural idea that I'm pushing back against on this show is this idea that as adults, as grown ups, we're not supposed to be silly and playful and goof around unless we're with kids. Um, but I think that that's also uh, an essential part of the human experience. Uh, obviously, some people are more goofy than others naturally. But um, what was the last silly or playful thing that you did on purpose that didn't involve children? Um, yeah, I would say I'm generally a goofy person. Don't take myself seriously. Um, I did the last snowfall, try to go out and build a snowman, but um, the snow was not packing. Um, but no, so we toboggan said, um, which was fun. And I am lucky enough that my partner, he has two kids. Um, so yes, I play with them, but then once they leave, I definitely play with the toys as I clean them up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate your honesty. Um, uh, yeah. I, uh, I definitely love a good stuffed animal or doll. I can have fun with that. <laughs> I played with lots of figures and stuff when I was a teenager and, and sometimes I like, not that I wouldn't do it now. Actually, I have a drawer here cause I've collected all kinds of different like, like craft type materials. And like, I actually had this idea. I still haven't uh, seen it through, but I had this idea a year or two ago that I wanted to start doing like miniature photography and like take like little, like uh, almost like like Lego oh. people and, and make scenes and like take pictures and create like, like almost like a, comic strip but out of like lego pieces and stuff yeah. and i just haven't actually done it but i still have the drawer and it's got lego and it's got other things and i eventually i'm gonna get around to trying that see yeah you have to find an adult way to you have to find an adult way to play with it which that definitely is <laughs> yeah it's just it's like i can i can visualize what i want it to look like i just have to like make the time sit down one day and actually do it <laughs> yes uh, I know, which I guess I realize other people are working, but the lockdown definitely has given me a lot of time um, to explore those uh, child, that childhood fun. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, 
like as people are watching this show, like not just this episode, but the show in general, like I hope that they're getting ideas for things like this because as I said, I, I, I consider my, like, I'm, I'm not quite as, I'm not the goofiest person, but I definitely do have a silly side and I do try to encourage people to lean into that a bit more. So uh, hopefully I can help to, to bring some ideas forward for that, for anyone who's up for it. <laughs> um, but another cultural idea that I talk about in the show is this idea around self-care and, and that a lot of people think self-care has to be really fancy and extravagant and like going to the spa or getting like a really fancy dinner. But self-care can be very simple, basic acts. And so I like to ask my guests, what is the last act of self-care that you did for yourself, no matter how small it was? Yeah, I, I'm very into self-care. I think I don't ever really forget to do it. Um, lockdown also gives me a lot of time for self-care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did a mask today. I think definitely face masks. Like I just, it's stuff I love doing it. I love taking it off and whether or not they're doing anything, I just feel like so refreshed. And when you have it on, you can kind of have a bit more of a meditative moment. You're not, you can't really do anything else. Other than that, I mean, going for walks too, I find for myself or yoga definitely is a self-care. Uh, just checking out of everything, um, even for the walks, leaving your phone behind, not really worrying about music, but just walking along, listening to um, outside. Um, and then normally I also definitely take myself out on dates, but I can't really do much. But I absolutely would tell everyone to take themselves out to dinner, go to a movie and just enjoy your own company. Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of like what you said there, because I know to most people, if they're going to do any kind of exercise or working out, like music is so integral, but I like to ride my bike and I don't consider it safe to listen to music while you're riding your bike, unless it's like on a Bluetooth yeah. speaker. Um, so when I go for bike rides, it's just about like, it's clearing my mind. It's not, um, but if I'm going to like run an errand and I'm on foot, like walking or whatever, then, then I usually have like a podcast yeah. or something. I, I actually got out of the, out of the habit with music for, uh, when I was going to work, like taking the subway and stuff, I used to always listen to it. Um, but I feel like music puts you in a certain mood, which can be good, but I also mm. feel like I'm just like listening to music, like running music videos through my head that I'm starring in. And, um, sometimes it's nice to just actually think about your you know, your thoughts rather than having the music kind of invade it and change what you're thinking. Um, mm. So I definitely feel a little bit more peaceful when I don't have that music in. Yeah, for sure. And I guess like different things work for different people. So as long as you kind of know what works for you, that's the good thing. The next question here in our series, uh, I like to ask about, because uh, I love learning. It's been kind of a lifelong thing for me. And uh I so I like to ask uh, my guests to kind of find out what they're learning about. So what is the last new thing that you learned, whether it was like a skill or a piece of information? And what is something that you would still like to learn? I think my answer is the same for both. Um, but recently, I started looking a bit more into um, like writing, obviously, I'm doing it, but I tried to take some online courses. Um, and I did masterclass, which I know, like, isn't, you know, an official long online course, but I was actually pretty impressed with the quality of the courses on it. Um, and regardless of even the way, now I watched a course just on gardening and LA and um, it's pretty cool to see people at the top of their game kind of talk about uh, almost a conversation like this, but yeah, really getting to know what goes on in their profession and, um, and what they, I guess, do on a day-to-day -day basis and how they got there. Interesting thing that helped me with writing was Neil Gaiman's advice of being honest so it, you often when something's not working it's because you're not really being honest when you're writing about it whether or not it's about you which is actually like the character's not being honest the event isn't honest wouldn't it doesn't feel natural um i think that's kind of helped me zero in on what might be going wrong when i'm writing <laughs> i was gonna say and that's what i want to continue learning is more uh more tips and yes, your book. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Now, I was just going to say, because like, obviously I had, I guess they're called beta readers, like mostly like friends. And yeah, I don't think any of my family re read the, the drafts, but just kind of getting the feedback there and thinking like, you know, this is a good start, but like, you know, I feel like this is where this should go. Or I feel like you missed an opportunity here to like 
to uh, expand on this thing or whatever. And that, uh, that process was uh, definitely humbling in a sense. Cause you have people saying like, yeah, this is good. There's mm-hmm. definitely something here, but obviously it's not perfect. Nothing. It really ever is. So here's ways you can make it better. And um, I do have a couple of ideas. Like I'd still like to write a full length novel, um, but I know that's going to be a really big uh, task. So I'm not rushing into it, but um, this this experience definitely helped. Uh, I feel like prepare me for that better. Yes, yeah. Oh, well, I'm uh, so impressed. Good job. It's hard to start and finish something like that, as I'm finding out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that you you get to the end of your your well, not the whatever it is you're working on. I hope that you do finish it. <laughs> Yeah, so I definitely will. Well, I'll finish it. That that will make me no matter what. That will just feel accomplishing to um, be done and feel done to myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, the next question here, I like to ask. Uh, I framing this in context of hats again. Um, I like to talk about sort of dissimilar hats and that being like uh, different skills or interests that you have. And so I ask the guests. Um, what do you think are your two most dissimilar hats, like aka skills or interests, based on the different things you do and that you're interested in? I would say like at work, uh, I mean at hair, like doing hair, um, you wear both hats of being someone who can you know, hang out in a comfortable silence with a client, not everyone wants to talk, but then you also have to be somebody who uh, can pick up when someone does want to talk and fill that silence just if they can't too. Um, so just, just the hats of, yes, having to um, accommodate a more introverted client and kind of match that with my own uh, energy. And then also quickly raise your energy to your next client who's going to be much more loud and uh, talkative. Um, yeah. Hmm. Okay. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's again, this is one of those, qu- this is the one, I think the one question that tends to either highlights this, the, the, um, the reality that for a lot of us, like our jobs are very like focused on either left brain or right brain. And then like outside of our jobs, we tend to kind of make up the difference with like our hobbies or other things that we do, mm-hmm. or it can just be like, uh, Oh, just this, this task that I do has these two very different things as part of it. And I have to do both at the same time. Like for me, like hosting and producing, uh, I feel like our, fairly dissimilar in a way and I've gotten a lot better at doing both at the same time but sometimes it's still when I'm in like host brain I miss things that producer brain would do and vice versa so um (laughs) yeah it's but I mean the end result is is working people are liking it so I guess I'm doing something right (laughs) yeah I mean I think it's also good to um try out all like or be able to do all the different jobs so when you end up maybe just doing one you still understand what that other person uh is doing you now you know how a producer feels and uh yeah i was just uh just recently on another podcast actually a friend of mine and so i got to be a guest for a change and that was uh that was interesting um and i'm (laughs) scheduled to be on another uh podcast of sorts it's like an instagram live thing i'm supposed to do that in like a couple of weeks so Uh, That could be interesting too. (laughs) So this next question here, it's, I've been kind of trying to focus more on like pre-pandemic stuff, but if you want to answer it for both kind of pre and currently, I like to ask about schedules um, because that kind of factors into like what we do and how we do it and like morning people and night people. And so what, uh, before the pandemic, what was your schedule like? And do you have a peak time of day generally? Yeah, I think with hair, like any schedule that you end up setting, it's important to keep it um, as a routine because your clients, like you start building clientele. Like if you're someone who works like me, 11 to 8, I have a lot of evening clients. Um, where I wouldn't, if I suddenly switch my day to a morning, I wouldn't have anyone at 9 a.m. I don't get anyone then. Um, just because that's, you know, as you grow your clientele, they get used to your time slot. Um, so I would say evenings for me, like after work, uh, would be busy at the salon. Uh, and then Thursdays and Tuesdays, and then Saturdays would be like the big blowout day, like everybody's there. Um, and uh, now with lockdown, <laughs> I would say that even though I am a night person, I actually think I get most of my writing um, better done in like from 11 to 3, like 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Um, fed by, you know, 10 p.m. <laughs> Not that much to do. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that sounds about similar for me. Usually as I'm a morning person and usually kind of the first 
uh, sort of few hours of the day up until maybe around lunchtime. Uh, and then from there, it's sort of like a slow, steady decline. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I, I think cause, cause I have worked like in the, in the distant past, I've worked at like part-time jobs or, or like minimum wage jobs where I'd have to, you know, work like, you know, five to nine shifts or like three to nine shifts. And, uh, obviously it can do that. And then just, you get home and you kind of wind down and go to sleep. But, um, yeah, yours, yours, I feel like is kind of a unique thing. Cause like you're working, but you're also having to like talk a lot and kind of always be like thinking about things. And yeah, that sounds kind of tiring. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I would say sometimes, I mean, uh, it's tough when you're having an intense conversation with a client, like a good way, yes, it's like you're really not just talking about the weather, and you're also trying to do something that's technically difficult on their hair. Uh, mm. It's a lot to like have, be actually present in the conversation, but also do the hair correctly. <laughs> that sounds like another good dissimilar hats. <laughs> I, I always pick hair, okay? If my conversation has to fail, at least your hair looks good. But <laughs> Um, the next question, uh, in terms of, so like our lives have all been disrupted by the pandemic in different ways and to different degrees. And um, I've been happy to hear that for a lot of people, there has been at least some kind of positive coming out of that. I know you kind of already mentioned having more time to like work on writing and reading and stuff. Um, but what is maybe another uh, silver, silver lining or a positive that has resulted in your life because of the disruption from the pandemic? Yeah. Um, I think getting, I mean, Mark and I already spend uh, a lot of time together, my partner, but um, even before the pandemic, but I think just having no stress of work, even though there's stress of, yes, you're not getting paid the same as work, but, um, but uh, we were lucky enough to still be, you know, supported enough. Um, but yeah, just having that extra time, uh, together, kind of like almost like a glimmer into retirement life. Like it was pretty good. If we make it to retirement, we'll have fun. <laughs> If we don't kill each other before that point. Uh, <laughs> um, and I think I am lucky to uh, be in a relationship that um, felt almost like stronger after this. I know, you know a lot of people locked into their tiny condos did not have that experience, um, which is maybe a silver lining too. It kind of got you uh, <laughs> to realize who you were with. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard that a lot of people, it's, it's kind of either forced or allowed them and as the case goes to kind of reassess their situation and their, and what they, what really is important to them. And so some people have kind of realized like, Oh yeah, maybe I'm not really that happy in this relationship, or maybe I really do wish that I had taken up this hobby or, or maybe I really do want to go back to school. And so that's been, that's been encouraging to hear. And so I just like to try to get a little tidbit from each guest in their particular case. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Um, so the next question here, uh, gets, we like to talk cause I, I know there's a lot of stigma around like mental health and stuff. And I like to try and talk about that kind of more like openly and honestly and, and show that like, cause I think everyone has, uh, like, well, we all have meant, we all have a mental health, but our, our different levels of it very obviously, but, um, for whatever you're comfortable talking about, have you had any mental health struggles or, or issues in, in your life and how have you worked through them? Um, yeah, I mean, I um, have never been uh, officially diagnosed with anything. The, uh, I guess it never, you know, got to that point. Um, but I uh, have for sure, I mean, when being younger, depressed, confused, like, you know, on the end, just uh, very lost, I guess, um, which I think a lot of People, I mean, for, for me, it was like 17 to 21, kind of. But uh, I think a lot of people in that age range just confused. Your mind's not even fully developed. Everything uh, seems um, difficult and like no direction. Um, and then even now, you know, just general anxiety, just feeling uncomfortable about things sometimes. Um, but I definitely am in a much happier place than I had been then. Um, and I would say my tips to get through it, I mean, even then and now, I... <laughs> I guess I'm someone who always thinks of the worst case scenario. And if the worst case scenario isn't you're dead, then like you're okay, you're still breathing, just go figure out something else. Um, and I mean, definitely as a teenager, this is probably a bit more dramatic, but I used to always be like, okay, well, if it all just is horrible, then I'll just go move somewhere where nobody knows me and just start over. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good message by everyone, but that was my way out in my head. Like, okay, you can just, as long as you're 
still breathing, there's going to be an option. So just make it to that next breath. Um, and the next one might be your least heavy breath and um, like the time you actually finally feel relaxed and relieved. I like that. That's, uh, I think that's, that's good. That is good advice. Um, well, yeah, so, it works for me. Maybe not everybody. My escape plan. <laughs> yeah. Like I've been dealing myself with, like I've been struggling um, recently. Like the winter is always the hardest for me, you know, the, the less sunlight and I, I'm very sensitive to the cold and um, I've been just, a lot of stuff has kind of happened in the last couple of months. So it's been, it's been challenging, but I feel like I'm starting to kind of get back on my feet and spring is just around the corner, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that, I mean, it that is getting lighter out. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's, I see, I find myself wishing like, cause it's the, the temperature doesn't exactly correlate with the amount of like daylight. Like it's, you know, the, the longest day of the year is, is July 20th or 21st, like for the most sunlight, but that's not necessarily the hottest day of the year. And so I find it this kind yeah. of like frustrating paradox that like by February, it's like the coldest and most miserable, but we are getting enough light that it feels like it's, you know, not yeah. all terrible. Yeah. So. It's not dark light. Yeah. yeah. That's actually what I found hard about the lockdown in December. It was like, it was like dark, like, till 10 a.m. and it got dark at 3 p.m. I was like, what is this day? Am I just sleeping the whole time? It's definitely hard to get motivated and do anything um, because I just had never noticed how dark it was the whole day. Yeah, it's, uh, and I think like we're getting closer and closer to abandoning daylight savings time, which I'm happy about because it's just always yeah. a, an inconvenience to remember to <laughs> change the clock and then to lose that hour and just yeah, let's let's just get rid of it. It's not useful anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know it just throws us all off. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, like as you kind of alluded to in in the kind of previous uh, or a couple of answers ago, I guess. Um, I, I've been asking in more recent episodes about like relationships and and kind of supports in your life and in, in relation to your kind of your goals and your your aspirations and the things that you want to do. And I've been, I had been asking about like, you know, how are the, how are your like close relationships supportive, but the kind of idea I guess I'm trying to get at is both like, what is an example of someone who has been supportive and maybe where's an example of where you kind of wish somebody had been more supportive and they were kind of lacking in some way. Um, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always, like I'm lucky enough to feel very supported um, with my family, like, and my friends. I think I, um, again, yeah, just very lucky to have such a good support system there. Um, and I generally don't like, even if one person isn't what I want them to be, I guess, like I've never really noticed that because I just have, I mean, this is the next person I'm going to look to, even if it's the next person is myself, but like, I don't really, um, I guess I'm lucky enough to have so much support. I in my head I don't need it, but I'm really just getting it all the time. So, <laughs> okay. um, because yeah, I was about to say to you, like I don't think I'm someone who needs support, but I think it's just because I'm getting a steady stream of it at all times, um, and probably take it for granted. <laughs> and so, out of curiosity, again, you don't have to like answer this if you don't want to. Um, in terms of like kind of when you found like the the hair stuff, and you're like you're really interested in, because I feel like that's. That kind of, I mean, it is, I guess, like a, it's not just like a creative thing, but like, was that something that like your, your family and your friends were like, oh yeah, that's, that's a great, great thing for you to, to pursue. Or was there maybe a little more like go for something a bit safer? Or? Um, no, I mean, so like I had gone to university for a minute and um, like never even found some of my classes. And then like a month in was like talking to my mom in the stairwell of the dorm being like, I just like did the math of like how to even pass these midterms and like, I, I, there's no way I'm doing this. Um, and it just didn't feel right for me. I mean, I, uh, yeah, so I left um, and then um, they, she was supportive. Like even on the phone call, it wasn't like she was, she's always been very supportive of what I want to do. And I think, always realize if you're doing something happy, like something that makes you happy, um, success will come. Like, I mean, happiness is success. So that's, I think the main the main factor um, that she's always been uh, supportive of. Um, so yes, lucky there. And even my siblings too, or my friends. 
You know, I, you just made me think of something because you said happiness is success. And I, I really like that. Um, and that reminded me of this thing that I've heard and kind of in terms of that, like, what did you want to be when you grew up? And I've seen people point out this idea that like, it's it's always that you have to like get like a job when you grow up. You can't just be like, I just want to be happy when I grow up. And I think that's another thing that kind of yeah. really needs to to be out there more of like, like yes, you're obviously going to have to support yourself, but like you also want to try not to be like miserable doing it. So um, I, I do think there's a lot of, even though that seems like a very simplistic thing to say, happiness is, is success. But I do think that there's a strong kernel of truth in there that if you're not happy with what you're doing, then you, you're going to like, or if you, even if you maybe aren't like in your dream situation, if you're at least, you know, content, then that's, that's definitely something. Um, yeah. So the, the next question, yeah, so I think I finding happiness in the small things too, like even when, um, even if you're not working in a job, that's your perfect, like spiritual, this is exactly what I want it to be. Just finding those um, little moments of happiness or just feeling accomplished at the end of your day. And then maybe if you're not your part of your day, like doing something at home that is, um, and making your hobbies a little bit more important to you. Um, because yeah, I don't think everyone's going to find a job that is like sinks to their soul. Like, you know, sometimes that's not where you find your happiness either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, great, great advice and wisdom there. <laughs> um, so the, the next question here, again, kind of in the same vein as these, these other questions, I like to ask about, um, like I preface this by saying failure can be a good thing because obviously when things don't go the way you expect, or if you fall short on your goal, then you learn like, Oh, I, sh I would have been more successful if I'd done this, or that would have gone less badly if I had done that or whatever. So I, I like to ask, what is something in your life that um, didn't go the way that you'd hoped or that you, you know, failed at, but you learned something really valuable from it. And what did you learn? Um, I mean, uh, I guess the university learned I didn't want to be there. Um, and again, I was also privileged enough to be able to say I'm leaving without like, I mean, I got out before I wasted too much money, but still I was like pretty irresponsible. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I guess that, that failure just taught me to, you know, don't just go with the flow. Like think about what you want. Like I just like, Oh, after high school, I guess you go to university, I'll do this. But it, it wasn't something I had really, um, put too much thought into and didn't really think about myself. Um, so yeah, I think since then I really tried to think about like, what is this decision meaning to me? Uh, mm. and is it something I actually want to do or am I just going along for the ride? Yeah, absolutely. That is totally a valid lesson to be learned. And cause I think go with the flow is advice that is, is frequently given and it does have its place, but I also, yeah. as I'm a person, I overthink everything. So for me, it's like, I'm, I'm trying to learn to go with the flow better, but because my default is, is not doing that enough. Um, but for some people, maybe they go with the flow way too easily and they need to actually stop and think a little bit more often. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. I think also, um, something that was, uh, is an intention of mine in the future is to actually fail more. I feel like I don't actually have that many failures only because I don't often try something new or put myself in an uncomfortable situation uh, that wasn't, you know, just even like writing this book, like I don't actually have experience. Um, but if I finish it, even if it doesn't do, you know, get published, it's, I'm still happy I tried. And the fear of failure sometimes stops you. I mean, people always say that, but yeah, I don't want the fear of failing to stop me as much. I hope to fail more things in my future. <laughs> <laughs> I like that proactivity. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I know we've already, we've a lot of advice has come up here on the show, which is great, like kind of in, intentionally and in, indirectly. Um, but the next question here, I like to specifically ask for advice, whatever you want to give or, or are willing to give. And I, I have three different groups, but you can, you can either give the same advice for all three or you can give separate advice for each one. But what advice would you give to a teenager? What advice would you give to a 30 year old? And what advice would you give to like a grandparent? Um, uh, okay, so yeah, teenager, um, I would say like try your best all the time. Like I'm not saying that you uh, need to be the best, but I think as a teenager, I, didn't, I often like didn't think it was cool to try or 
wasn't interested in trying or didn't even pursue the things I liked because you're trying to blend in. And looking back, it's like, oh, why didn't you just try harder? It would have been so much easier. <laughs> um, so yeah, try your best. Um, and someone my age, I would say, um, I guess don't worry about where you're you're at with your career or personal life or anything. I think definitely at my age, people are hitting milestones. Um, and I think it's about making your personal milestones. Don't worry about what the, you know, social ones are or what everyone else around you is doing. Um, and a grandparent, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I have business giving them advice. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess uh, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. I need advice from that. I need to be asking them for advice. Well, I think the part of the reason that I added this question into the show is because I, I realized that I know it is our, our kind of default to think that you can only give advice to people younger than you because you think like, well, I've got more life experience, but there's totally things yeah. that like we know more about than our grandparents do. So that's kind of why I ask, like, you know, if there's something you think that your grandparents okay. could learn. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I got one. I got one. Um, <laughs> maybe don't hold a grudge. Like, you know, if you're upset with somebody that you want to make amends with, like don't put it off till tomorrow. Um, and yeah, don't harbor any resentment, you know, I guess that would be mine. <laughs> that is, that is valid. I, that is totally, yeah. uh, that's good advice. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So the next question here, uh, gonna give you, give you a chance now. I, I'm, I'm glad that I added this in. Uh, I don't know if I gave you the preface already. Um, probably not. I don't think we talked that much about it yet, but, um, so I give the guest a chance to ask me a question if they want to. And a lot of people had asked me, why did I start the show? What do I hope to kind of get from it? Or what do I hope becomes of it? And so I've kind of answered that one a bunch of times. So if there's anything else that you would like yeah, to ask me. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you a question back from your bonus episode questions. Um, but what, okay. is that, what is something that you like to geek out about? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, so many things. <laughs> Um, honestly, most of the time, like I said, I just love learning and I'm always trying to learn new things like every day and like the kind of the genesis of all the things that I'm doing right now sort of started from a blog that I created back in 2013. It was called Curiosity Crossroads. And it was literally just every time I learned a new thing that I was like, oh, I want more people to know about uh -huh. this. I would write a blog post and I would either like, you know, attach the picture or just quote whatever thing it was and like, write, Just kind of give my thoughts on it and like what it made me think of. And I did that for a little while. Cool. And that kind of then led me to starting my first podcast, age, you know, back then as well. And then I was interviewing people similar to this, but I was deep diving more into like their their actual like career what they did for work and not asking such general broad questions um and just whenever i'm talking to my friends or even like now my partner just whenever i learn something new that just like I'm like that's so cool i just i love to to share it and i just <laughs> i learning and uh, learning how things work and and learning new things just it makes me so happy and i love to share that so um, and when I learned, like, that's what I was saying, like, I, I bought that book about the science of black hair. That seems super geeky, but it's just like, I'm just really fascinated. I want to learn more about hair. That's just the moment that I was in. So, um, yeah, I'm just geeky about learning, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And I guess uh, I'm other a little than bit that, like that too. I definitely like to get the, to the bottom of everything. Hmm. And the other thing, uh, I, I've been, um, for a while now, and this is something I am eventually going to do, I just haven't got there yet, but for a while I've been thinking I'd really like to, even if just once, I'd like to like host a game show kind of thing, like like a trivia thing and have like, I would be, you know, the like, not Alex Trebek, but that sort of thing, like the host and then have two yeah. competitors and I would have done the research and write the questions and kind of moderate it. And I'm going to do something like this eventually, hopefully soon. Like I said, even if just once, but I'm like, I really want to try it and see how it goes because whenever I find like kind of nerdy trivia things like that on YouTube or whatever, it's just like, man, that looks so fun. I would love to do that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah, game show, trivia game show definitely seems like something uh, that's a collection of all the things uh, you like to do. 
Yeah, um, so that'd be good. I'd watch it. <laughs> stay tuned for that. And that's actually so. I, I've also noticed because, like, I do make the show available as just an audio-only podcast because most of it you don't necessarily need to see what's going on on the screen. But that is something that if I do, like, yes. most people could just listen to that as well. But I'm trying to think of more ways to like make this more worth actually watching besides just us putting on silly hats at the end. Um, so that's another thing that that I'm I'm the wheels are turning about. <laughs> Um, yeah, so to kind of round this down here, are there any charities or specific causes that you would like to raise awareness of? I actually need to get better at that myself. Um, I feel like this past year, I mean, with the lockdown too, I was actually able to, I guess, kind of research that, um, uh, more. Um, and I think when I'm back in a more financial <laughs> situation, um, I'll definitely be, be donating more than I was before. I don't think I ever felt like uh, I was just too worried thinking about myself in my early 20s to, uh, I guess, think about others. Um, but uh, something that also helped me with, the, one of, with my book, and I don't actually know if I'm even looking at um, the best uh, um, space for this, but uh, I was finding it very hard when I was researching a character um, who was part of the LGBTQ2 plus community like there wasn't a lot of information online like that was easily accessible compared to other things like with Canada based um that you just type in and it all comes up on the Canadian encyclopedia stuff that came up for the LGBTQ2 plus community uh, was yeah just a lot of cis white men like which is fine yes that was those were important moments too but I really couldn't find anything else someone had mentioned to me to look on um, the archives um with a Q um and uh, that was helpful uh, and i know you can donate to them they're in toronto um and it kind of, i guess they're trying to start or they have been for many years trying to get an actual area where all of the um canadian and toronto um information on the lgbtq2 plus community can be stored and i think even on their website they're actually making a point to try to be a bit more diverse even within themselves um because i guess they even hadn't really been at the beginning either <laughs> You actually just gave me a good little tip there because um, one of the ebooks that I wrote a couple of years ago as part of my Curiosity Guide series, uh, one of them was specifically about uh, like it was kind of centered more around like kind of the flags and the terminology, but it was written with the intent of it to be used as like an educational resource, like an aid for like you know teachers or doctors or like guidance counselors just to kind of a really quick, easy, accessible way to learn a little bit more mm. about these things and to like recognize the, like the flags. And um, I wanted to like, you know, market it for lack of a better term to like schools and, and like community centers and things. And I just, I never got to that because I had too many things going on, but maybe I should get in contact with the archives and see if yeah. that might yeah. be a welcome addition for them. Yeah. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I'm excited. I've only really recently learned about them um, this year, so I actually have never been able to go in person. Um, so that will uh, be definitely on my list of things to do. <laughs> once we're allowed Absolutely. Out. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. So the next thing here, uh, we take a moment to kind of do plugs and, and promotions. Uh, I don't know um, if you like basically I say if, if people want to kind of follow you or keep up with what you're doing or, um, just, you know, say hello or whatever. Um, you, is there any like social media or like websites that you feel comfortable, uh, promoting or sharing here? Oh yeah. Um, yeah, definitely my Instagram. I mean, you can see what I'm doing with hair and I sometimes post a book I like. Um, uh, and so my account is my name, Emily, or, or no, sorry, it's not my name. My account's M-E-M underscore Urquhart, my last name. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I, when I'm I, sure actually if you search my name, you could probably find me. Yeah. And I, I was just going to vouch for your account when I took a brief look at it initially. I was just like, this is like, I, I knew that you were like a colorist, but I didn't know that you had done as much as you have. And so I saw, I was like, wow, like if I ever decide to actually get some like, you know, purple or something in my hair, like you can do it. It's good to know. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, I mean, I have so many things to plug, but I uh, try to keep it as brief as I can. Uh, my main website, uh, artemiscreates.com, everything I do is there. Um, I am currently promoting, obviously, this show. Um, I just, oh, wait, hold on. First time ever, 
I actually I have a physical thing to like hold up and be like, there we go. I wrote this book. This is me, see, Lacey Artemis. And this is a short fiction book about two private investigators. And the, um, see, even I'm having trouble with this mirrored thing. Um, this, uh, <laughs> girl char- this girl character, this is the Tucker. Um, she is based largely on me. So if you uh, read this book, then that's called Parker and Tucker. Cause I didn't actually say it. I, um, how do you, how do I get a copy? Um, so you can go, well, I mean, yeah, it's just my website and it's, it's on Amazon as an ebook and paperback. Okay. Um, that's the, the main place right now. I, I don't normally like to support Amazon, but unfortunately they own such a big chunk of the like ebook market that if you, if you boycott them, no yeah. one's going to read your book. So I had no choice in the matter. <laughs> um, aside from that, the curiosity guides, as I mentioned, <laughs> And uh, yeah, I have merch, a lot of original designs that I've created. Those are on redbubble.com slash people slash Artemis Creates. And I have music if you go on Spotify, iTunes, Google Music, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Bandcamp, it's under Artemis Creates. Um, so if you want to go and check out the stuff that I wrote, it's all instrumental because I can't sing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's there and uh, I'm proud of it. So uh, go t- I've been told that it's good productivity music. So if you're looking for more of that, then, then go check it out. Um, yeah. And with that said. Oh, okay. Yeah. So again, ArtemisCreates.com, everything is there. Uh, and yeah, you can uh find it all the there's like there's other stuff too i just i it would take me like 10 minutes to go through everything that i do and have done so i try to just focus on the main stuff um but yeah um but your music i might check out because i've recently got into productivity music i didn't even realize it existed but um yeah because when i'm writing i don't want to have like i want music on words sometimes too intense you know i'm right trying to write words so um i've definitely got a bit more into like electronic music but like yeah soft electronic music um so i'll have to check out yours i uh i will i can recommend to you on one specific artist and like a couple of specific uh like eps from them i'll I'll send you a message on instagram about that um but they're one of my personal favorite uh ones for that because i don't always just listen to my own music but (laughs) um yeah so (laughs) we are now at the my favorite part or one of my favorite parts uh we get to put on uh hats and uh kind of say goodbye to the to the good people so um yeah i All do right, you want to go uh, first where's my hat okay <laughs> yeah you're, you're oh, gonna okay. laugh at mine do you, do you want to go first yeah there you go oh wow that's even better than i thought there you go. <laughs> did you uh, turn off the light there you got kind of dark good dress up hat uh but no i didn't have my lawn sorry oh oh it's the sun the sun went down is that better <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was just the sun. I was realizing I was getting darker and darker. Is this better? I, I a little bit, yeah. I just noticed all of a sudden you seem like you were in shadow. <laughs> um, so yeah, each time, each episode yeah, of the show, yeah, it was a darkening sky out there. Yeah, so each episode of the show, I try to wear a different hat. Eventually, I'm gonna run out of different ones. I'm gonna have to start repeating, but I do have one I, today it, that I haven't worn yet. And I'm very excited about this because we haven't done orange on this show yet. You, your stripes on your shirt are orange if the viewers can't quite tell that. Um, and so I should also say for the listeners, for the podcast listeners, Emily is wearing a kind of like a bucket hat, but it's like leopard print oh. and furry or fuzzy. Yeah, it's very cute. I, I would love to have one of those. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, I don't have any leopard print hats yet. Uh, maybe that's something I'll have to add to my arsenal. But what I do have, so just a sec, I'll take, I won't be able to hear you for a second while I take off my headphones here, but I have this, which is my, one of my orange hats. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> the podcast <laughs> listeners are missing out. <laughs> so I do, I do like to describe the hats for them, but then, yeah, you actually have to like tune in on YouTube to see it for yourself, <laughs> but I am wearing a bright, like neon orange squid hat and it's got these two big, like, um, like, like, uh, what would you call these? Almost like little pillow eyeball kind of things. And, um, the like top with the, like the fins or whatever. And my face is in between the little, like, um, what do you call these? Uh, the, like. Why can't I think of the word? 
tentacles thank you Maybe? my brain was just like legs and arms yeah. i couldn't pull the word tentacles <laughs> um but yeah so a new thing that i want to do uh we're going to start this now it's a very very quick thing uh if you would be so kind can you say your name and say that you know say like i'm hi i'm emily and i and you're watching hat collecting yes hi i'm emily and you're watching hat collecting Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing that so I can make like compilations of those because <laughs> I like making compilations out of uh, yeah uh, bits of the like show. And uh, so another thing I want to remember to do because I'm trying to remember to like try to get more like uh, viewer interaction. So uh, I want to ask my my listeners and my viewers. What is your favorite little fact or insight from this episode of the show? Leave a comment on YouTube, or you can even send me a message, um, Lacey at ArtemisCreates.com. Uh, and I'm going to start to kind of collect uh, those as well. So um, thank you for watching. We are going to go and do the Patreon bonus episode now. So that'll be another fun little uh, extra bit. Uh, you can go to Patreon.com slash ArtemisCreates to, to check that out. And uh, until next time, this has been Hat Collecting. Thanks for watching and listening, everybody.